The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, here we go. Rebrand podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harky Group, Scott Harky, and today we're discussing storytelling in luxury brand marketing. Joining us is John Shadler, who is the executive director at Monogram, which is a premier marketing agency for notably luxury lifestyle companies throughout the U.S. and the world. This is a member of the Harky Group uh, family of agencies, so I, I do want to make full disclosure. It's an agency that John and I just launched. Monogram's focus is singular purpose and deep in expertise. I truly believe that the new world of marketers and agencies, I, I always say that having, and we've talked about it on the show before, having an agency that's very focused in a vertical is kind of the new trend. It's been that way for a little while. But I want to discuss decoding the secrets of luxury branding. I've got a longtime friend, mentor, even John Shadler on the show. He's the executive director of Monogram, calling out of Vegas. And so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing, John? Good. Hey, Scott, what's up? Oh, man, I love it. It's good to have you on. I, I think we did a podcast with you like back in the early days, so it's good to bring you back on. You know, we just had Super Bowl in Vegas. You've probably helped launch more hotels in Vegas than anybody. I know your background, but I'd love to have the audience kind of hear your background and some of the hotel groups and, and agencies you've launched in your career before we kind of get into decoding the secrets to luxury lifestyle marketing. Sure. As you know, I've been on the marketing side of hospitality for most of my career both on client side as well as on the agency side. Had the great privilege to be CMO for Steve Wynn for 15 years and launched the iconic Mirage and Treasure Island and Bellagio brands during those days. Really gave me a great grounding in hospitality and particularly in how we changed the face of the marketplace in Las Vegas, really turning it into more of a, a luxury-driven destination you know, up until that point, it really didn't have that kind of cachet associated with it. And so, you know, got a, a really great education in all the things that sort of build a luxury brand from retail and fine dining to entertainment and high-end hospitality. And so really got in on the ground level there. Took a, a move over to the agency side after Bellagio opened and continued that track running an agency SKG for for 20 years. And our specialty there was really driven by this surge in, in luxury hospitality that, that was occurring during those days. We launched such you know, notable luxury brands as Montage, hotels and resorts, properties like Grand Del Mar, did a lot of work for Mandarin Oriental. So really steep in luxury lifestyle marketing and became a, a true specialty. So, you know, Monogram has been kind of an evolution of that. And I think to your point earlier, 
are focused on specialization and expertise in the vertical and the industry really helped to make us stand apart. I have so many questions. <laughs> you know, I'm on a parking lot, just the Vegas craze for a second. I'm just coming off Super Bowl and things like the Sphere, which we hosted some clients there for CS this year. But I want to go to Steve Wynn for a little bit because I've had a chance to kind of meet a lot of people through you and his network. And, and you know, I, I still think Wynn, who, who's been, you know, on and off a client for both of us for the last couple of decades, just they do it so well you, when you go there and you experience the win, you know, win golf course. And I haven't been to Macau in China, but I mean, that brand is so powerful. Like what made Steve win and what he built with the win so great? Amazing question because, you know, there's not really a uh, clear, necessarily tangible answer to that question. There's a lot of magic that happened with the creation of the win brands. But I would say that if you got right down to sort of the basic, fundamental human truth of Wynn Resorts and all the properties that Steve built. It was always about treating the guests the way you wanted to be treated. And there's a certain level of quality experience that everybody wants and craves in their life, regardless of whether you're a multimillionaire or not. People can perceive quality and they can feel it and they know the way it makes them happy. It, they know the way it makes them feel. And I think Steve was always a master at making sure that every turn you made in one of his hotels, you felt good. Whether it was a surprise, whether it was, it was scale, whether it was the warmth of the lighting, there was a true sort of formulaic artfulness to it is the way I'd put it. It's, it. It was not haphazard. It was very intentional, but it was always artful. And so for whatever reason, all those things come together. You feel good when you walk in the doors of a wind-designed resort. Even the smell, right? Even the smell is so distinct. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. Every sensory touch point is managed and is you, you don't realize it at the time, but you don't know why you feel so good, but you do. And that's about attention to detail, but that's also about putting yourself in the customer's place and always coming around to the idea, would that make me feel good? And so I think that innate sort of human connection to the customer was really one of the magic ingredients of what Steve did. Where are luxury brands getting it wrong? Where have you seen maybe examples or is there things that, you know, you see often where is it, it's a miss in luxury branding? Well, so I think luxury's become ubiquitous. I'm a big believer that luxury is sort of moving into the sphere of experience more than tangible things. And I, to your question, there's a, a sense that luxury is easy. And if you can't deliver a true kind of emotional experience for a guest in the world of luxury hospitality, you won't succeed. The superficiality of luxury doesn't work. Customers are smart. They've experienced many, many things, many, many places. They know when people get it right and they know when people are, are not pulling it off. And so I think the word luxury in many respects in recent years has become somewhat suspect. You know, it's 
It's really about creating experiences and products that in and of themselves are unique and cannot be duplicated. When you go into a company, I, first of all, just to kind of recap what you said, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I do think even I see too, like people think it's really easy. And then a lot of times oh, well, it's, it's price point or it's expense on materials. But it, to your point, like the emotional connection of experience and even beyond luxury lifestyle, hospitality, even in, in luxury brands, like how you open up a case of shoes, right? How it smells, what the experience is, what the wrapper is. There's just so many elements to the brand and the experience. And it's not just how much it costs or how it looks. It's not the, the visual assets. A lot of times it's so much more. Could you give us a glimpse into maybe the process in which you break it down? And, and I think we've named it decoding. Is there other ways to maybe decode and work backwards that you could share? Yeah, well, I think every process of kind of brand development is somewhat different. But I think that when it comes to luxury, it's about sort of touching all those sensory points with the ultimate goal of how a luxury product or service makes you feel. So take, for example, your your idea of a beautiful pair of Ferragamo shoes. And other than the beautiful styling and the product characteristics, how is that product presented to you? when you're you're in that trial phase or that pre-purchase phase and how does that leather smell how does the the stitching look how does the buckle look the heels all characteristics of the design and then how is it upon purchase how is it packaged and presented where nothing is left undone all the way down to the you know the sticker that that closes the bag the follow-up note that you get the service standard that comes in the event that there needs to be a repair or an enhancement. It's a continuous sort of cycle of confidence and of honesty, really, that a brand must exude in the luxury space that makes you feel really comfortable and at ease with your purchase. I think the same is true in the world of hospitality. There's research that shows that the most satisfying moment in time in a hotel, as an example, a hotel experience is pre-arrival. It's how you're made to feel in anticipation of your trip. And so it's really a never-ending cycle of attention to detail, of customer connection, of taking you through the entire customer journey in a way that is meticulous. I really like what you said in terms of, and I haven't heard it phrased this way, confidence and honesty. And I especially think in the work you and I've done together and other work, you know, our film company Matters done with like Discovery Land, which is an amazing brand. There's something to be said on both of those fronts from a confidence standpoint and an honesty standpoint. You can almost tell when someone's trying too hard. And especially in the world of travel, that's one thing I think is really overlooked at times when, and your people, of course, that kind of just have this confidence and honesty in their personality, like just makes you feel good where the people that, you know, sometimes suck up a little too much. You're like, wait, what? It's almost like a fakeness. It's smelled out so quickly, I think, by consumers, especially smart luxury consumer market. One question I do want to ask you before we end, and we're going to bring you right back, is do you think with, I mean, we just saw the stock market today just get hammered. You know, we're not going to see a rate cut. Inflation continue to be a hot topic. 
Is there a price point that's too much? Are we seeing pushback from the luxury consumer market or do you think that's more, you know, how do you feel in terms of pricing in general right now? And that could be a whole show, of course. So I understand I'm looking for a simple answer to a very complex economic question. However, I, I'm just curious your thoughts as I do think it's a little top of mind right now. And we've seen so many price raises over the last two years, especially from all sorts of brands in every single segment. And I'm just curious, like, if you've seen any research or if you have a feeling of where there's potentially going to be a consumer pushback or maybe not. Well, I think people who can afford it, people who are affluent, will continue to spend and they will continue to seek out the best experiences and the best products that they can. But I do think that even in that affluent audience, and there's been a lot of, not necessarily research I've seen, but there's been a lot of editorializing about this, that we may be reaching a limit where even an affluent market is going to become disenchanted with what can appear to be almost price gouging. And I think that you look at the recent results of big hotel brands that are having, continuing to have record quarters, banner year, projecting that 2024 is going to be going even further in that regard. And I think when you look at an average hotel room that may have been four or $500 several years ago is is now going for 800 900 a thousand bucks a night i'm not sure that's ultimately sustainable and i think that that with that i think because this has happened so rapidly in our world that the expectation is that for that accentuated price there needs to be a level of increased value and service and experience that is commensurate with that price. And that's where I think you'll find people start to become a little disenchanted with with the pricing structure we're seeing today. Yeah. And I I guess I'm going to just pull out some of my favorite words you said, but I, I think if consumers are feeling gouged, where it's just obnoxious, even in the highest luxury markets, I actually liked some of the work you did on our team around Virgin when they were launching in the U.S. and the no fees, where fees have just gotten out of control. And it really hit a, and struck a chord with consumers because it's just the principle of the matter kind of thing. But to your point, I, I think what I constantly hear from you is just it comes down to value and either you're providing the value from an experience standpoint or you're not. I don't know if I, I'm taking that right. I mean, but- and look, the the economy is is really roaring. Things are great. Yeah, the market tanked today, but maybe it was getting a little top heavy. And these moments in time are always sort of maybe good just to reset a bit. But yeah, you know, as long as things keep chugging, there's still going to be a willingness to spend. I think the minute that, not if, but when that slows, you know, there may be a, a shift in mindset. So you can't really discredit companies for taking advantage of a moment in time as long as the volume is there and the business is there and the customer is willing to pay. And I think that in in boardrooms, there's plenty of conversations about how far can we go? How long will this last? I don't think anybody's naive to that. But as long as you can create that level of experience, then I think it's less likely to, to happen as, as quickly. You just can't sustain these price points forever. No, and price increases. I, I would agree with that. All right. So here's what, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to end here and we're going to bring you right back. 
We're going to wrap up uh, episode of Rebrand Podcast. Uh, big thanks to John Shadler, Executive Director at Monogram, for joining us. Join us again tomorrow, and John and I are going to discuss crafting stories in high-end markets. If you can't wait till our next episode, you want to learn more about John, you'll find a LinkedIn profile in our show notes, as always, and visit his company website at monogramagency.com. Just another show note I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to the podcast, head to rebrandpod.com where we have summaries of episodes and contact information for guests. Again, you can apply to be a speaker on the Rebrand Podcast on our website, Rebrand Pod. Uh, you can find me on social media. It's just at Scott Herkey, mostly Instagram and, and probably LinkedIn, probably the best place to find me. If you haven't subscribed and you want a daily stream of marketing campaign brilliance, hit that subscribe button. Again, I, I, I keep bragging about this because I had the number wrong for like two, three, four months, but over 15,000 subscribers and growing. Big thanks to our marketing audience. And that's it for today. Remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. 